Hey, it's Nick from 50 Campfires, and welcome to a special episode of the 50 Campfires Daily Outdoor Podcast. In June of 2018, the 50 Campfires team was fortunate to spend the day in Fort Collins, Colorado, and hang out at the New Belgium Brewery. While we were familiar with New Belgium and have drank our fair share of their beers over the years, we were really less familiar with the employee-owned business model that the brewery was founded under. The story of how New Belgium started and continues to operate to this day was a story that I, I just knew we had to share with you. I hope you enjoy this one-on-one interview with Brian Simpson, a long-standing employee owner of the New Belgium Brewing Company. How long have you been here at New Belgium Brewing? I'll be coming up on 21 years at New Belgium Brewing next month. New Belgium Brewing kind of has a unique model to it where it's an employee-owned company. How did that come to be? So our founders here at New Belgium Brewing were a husband and wife team, um, an electrical engineer, Jeff Liebisch, and then uh, Kim Jordan was a social worker, and she has been our CEO for many years, is now executive chair of the board. But I think their disciplines as an engineer and a social worker really informed our culture. And so Kim always wanted to create a community that was sustainable. And to do that, you want to have people who are deeply engaged. So in the beginning of craft beer and brewing, uh, this was 1991, it actually seemed sort of risky to even create a brewery in your basement. And so the people who first showed up at their door and said, hey, we'd like to work for you, were people that also wanted to learn how to brew and couldn't pay much of a wage at that point, but decided early on that, you know, if you're going to share in the risk of this, you ought to share in the reward as well. And so they basically had a phantom stock plan almost from the get-go. Um, so when I started here, uh, which was about five years later uh, in 1997, we had about 11% of the company was owned phantom shares that everybody shared and the shares went in and, and we talked about it and it was part of the culture as well. That's a big piece of it, like showing up and thinking like an owner, being very entrepreneurial is a huge part of, um, I think, why we built it this way. Uh, but since that time, the phantom has actually uh, rolled into more of a federally recognized ESOP program. Um, and so, and that's grown in increments over the years. It was 24% at one point, 42%. Now it's 100% employee-owned. So we're actually uh, here at New Belgium, the country's largest 100% employee-owned brewery, um, which is great. I mean, it makes for a culture where people are deeply engaged and get to help shape the decision-making throughout. So how long did it take from the time that the, the company was established as kind of these phantom shares like you talked about till it really came to reality? Yeah, I mean, the phantom shares were a reality. If you had left, you'd been paid out. But, it, you know, it rolled into an actual ESOP in um, 2000, I believe, is when it first was um, more of that federally recognized uh, paradigm. And so, and so at that point, moving forward, then, you know, there's, there's a lot of different things. But you're, you're, you have to adhere to what a true ESOP is. Um, and then to partner with that, uh, Kim has always talked about the idea of uh, open book management and uh, high involvement culture. And so the idea of open book management is that we have monthly financial trainings um, and then monthly meetings, all staff meetings, where everybody talks about everything that's on the books, uh, any questions that you want to ask. Um, and then we do an annual uh, strategic planning meeting. It's our retreat where people get together and we just talk about all the business challenges and opportunities that are out there, and we take inputs from everybody across the company. And so the entire company actually engages in our strategic planning every year, which is super empowering because at the end of the day, it's like, mm, I helped move it there, or you know, I got to talk about that, and I didn't agree with this, but, and I, my voice was heard, and that's a big thing. So one of the cool stories that I heard last night about the employee-owned ownership aspect of it was some employees, all employees, are presented with a key to the brewery. 
I thought that was kind of an interesting angle. Could you talk just a little bit about that? Is that a metaphor? I mean, keep, <laughs> we, all have, we all have a door card, and, right. and we all have access to the e-beer cooler, and I think that's a big deal. But um, I think when you, when you talk about keys to the brewery, um, yeah, you're immediately, when you're brought in, you're immediately entrusted with a lot of responsibility, and you're treated like a, a shareholder, a stakeholder, almost from the get-go. And, and um, to elaborate on sort of the key metaphor, one of my early jobs, was to go out and start a program called the Tour de Fat, which is a philanthropic uh, bike festival. It travels around the country and raises money for bike nonprofits. Um, and in the early days, it was sort of like there was this kind of raw clay where they're like, we want to work with the bike community. We want to you know, give back to those folks. We certainly want to bring some beer into those communities and talk about our brands. Um, and we want it to be fun. So how can that look? And so they basically sent myself and another guy out into the, into the field to go sort of make it up the first couple of years. And there was a little more structure than that, but not much. And so we were immediately given the responsibility to be creatively thinking about how we build this program. Um, about a year into it, we bought an old Airstream, and I started driving that around and doing these, these staff trainings in it. And again, I was responsible for this very large, beautiful piece of equipment. And the content was like, okay, you go out there and just tell the story. So I, you know, my approach was, we'll do a slideshow. That's kind of throwback and old school. It had a carousel and a hot little engine in it. And then we'll uh, juxtapose that with like just deep house music. <laughs> so we'd go into these little towns, and we'd kind of throw this weird little... Uh, event and everybody would like pile into the airstream and drink a beer and listen to our spiel and some beats and then uh and then we'd high five and send them on their way and that's kind of how we built the brand in the early days was just meeting people you know bar stool to bar stool and telling stories and getting to you know making friends with folks so that culture that you guys are creating here where there's a sense of ownership and is it is it challenging to be able to have people when you're doing hiring to bring on new people and i know that you're not the hiring you know necessarily a hiring manager but what does what do you look for in someone that that you think wants to be a co-owner with you in this business model well to the idea of hiring i mean the process i think is somewhat relentless in the sense that we as a um, an employee-owned company you know we you have to go through anywhere from three to five interviews and you're interviewing with not just sort of the senior management of that area but also who your, who your peers will be and your colleagues. And so generally, if it gets, when you get through the first few rounds, you're actually interviewing with the people you'll work with, you know, side by side every day. Um, and so by doing that, by really vetting and taking our time with hires, um, we generally get a very good fit. So, uh, but it is different for folks. I think people come in, some of my favorite hires have been folks who've come over from sort of big industrial breweries. We have one here in town. Um, and they, they're used to sort of that very large multinational corporation um, culture and then they come here and they kind of can't believe how open everyone is and friendly everyone is and sort of talking about financials and questioning financials and talking you know just talking in a very um, high level business savvy kind of way and so I, it's always fun to watch those people sort of grow into that culture and develop and then become you know strong voices and advocates for it. So you talked a little bit about employee ownership at work with regards to the, the, the bike track out back. Can you give that example and kind of talk about how that came to be and maybe how something like that couldn't come to be in a company, you know, a brewery that isn't employee-owned? Sure. There's lots of great examples of folks here who have sort of, we always talk about it sort of like, you know, employee ownership in action. So we have, a, um, we have an event every year where our new inductees actually get up and speak about what it means to have been here a year. You become an employee owner at one year in. So you've had a year here. And then you get to sort of tell a story about you know what it means to be an owner or what you've seen ownership in action that kind of thing and 
You know, one of the ones that really uh, rises to, there's a couple. Um, one is a guy on the dock that basically rebuilds old pallets. They get all smashed up and he wants to save the business a little money. So they have a, like a Friday afternoon club where they drink a couple beers and they hammer these pallets back together. Small thing, but you know, ultimately over time it saved thousands of dollars in these pallets, you know. And, and that's just, a, you know, an example of this guy taking ownership of his section of the business. Another great one I think is, um, We've got a number, like a lot of people here bike. We're, you know, front range of Colorado. It's great cycling, road, cross, gravel, mountain, everything. Just, you know, world-class cycling here. And so we have a lot of great cyclists, and we have a couple people that race here. And they, we've got this parcel of land that's about 30 acres off to the um, east of our actual brewery facility. It's attached. And it was for a long time um, just not being used for much. We have a process water treatment plant out there that processes all of our waters. Um, and it also had this bank of sort of lime from the old, this used to be a sweet potato, no, this used to be beet production. Um, and so, you know, we have, this, we have this back area where we had all the space and a couple of the folks that were big into riding were like, hey, we'd like to build a short track out back. And um, essentially short track is sort of like you need to do mountain or cross bike on it. Um, but they went to Kim, our founder, and they said, Kim, we've got this idea. And she's like, uh, all right, well, make sure, make sure the insurance is cool with it. And then if you guys want to work on it in your free time, great. You know, go ahead and transform it. Well, you know, a core crew of about three, but then a lot of other folks came in and helped out, built this really cool uh, cyclocross track out back. And we have since sponsored uh, two race seasons a year. And the proceeds from the race, it costs money to enter, but we can get four or 500 people out there on a Thursday night. And we uh, raised money for Ciclismo Youth Foundation, which is uh, an organization that gets kids into bike racing. Um, so really a cool example of, uh, and one of our coworkers is one of the coaches on it. A couple of them are actually. And so it's just a great example of, I see an opportunity and in a culture like ours, you can actually float that to the top and make it manifest pretty easily. And there you have it. You got something the community loves, you're giving money back to these nonprofits. Um, and people get a lot of exercise, get to drink beer, and have a good time. Just another benefit from an outside point of view, and maybe this isn't the truth, is that you guys are, you can be more nimble, even in your own product. Do you think that the ownership model that you have here makes that easier to do things that are smaller batch or specialty or collaborations that maybe other breweries don't have the luxury of doing? Yeah, I mean, another great example of, of sort of one of those collaborations coming up super holistically was uh, we made a beer with the band Clutch a few years back. And it came about just because one of our brewers was in a deli downtown and he recognized Neil Fallon, his lead singer Clutch, walked in the door and the rest of the band was with him. And he's like, what's Clutch doing in Fort Collins? And, and so he asked Neil that. He's like, what are you doing in Fort Collins? I'm a big fan. And Neil was like, oh, we, came, we have a down day on our tour and we came to visit New Belgium, but it's closed. We used to close on Sundays. And so Eric's like, I'm a brewer there. I got a key. We can go over there right now. So he gave the band this great tour. And then these guys developed Neil Fallon and our brewer, Eric Salazar, developed, developed this bromance and decided we're going to make a beer together. And so um, Clutch is, you know, kind of, if you know them, they kind of have a dark, kind of a, a heavier sound. And so we started working with sour beers and they wanted to go dark. And so we did a sour stout with them. So super organic. And it came about because Eric just happened into them. And, um, and as an owner, he was like, hey, I want to do something with these guys, and we were able to make it stick. So, I mean, that's one of, the, one of my favorite examples of how collaborations can come about. Do you think there's anything special about Fort Collins as a culture or a vibe or a community that really embraces or f fosters this type of a company, or even the, brew the beer scene that's here? Yeah, I think in Fort Collins now we have north of 25 breweries, actually, and a lot of that's got to do with the fact that the front range of Colorado is extremely entrepreneurial. Um, we've got a number of great university networks here, and so people kind of come out of there and they don't want to leave. 
and yet maybe, <laughs> maybe there's not the business to go join, so they start one up. So there's a lot of that thinking. Um, also, from a beer perspective, you've got just the best quality water in the country, really, coming right off the Rocky Mountains. So it's excellent brewing water here. And then you have you know, a very educated and savvy culture that wants to try new things. And so, so one of the fun things about craft beer is that once people start to learn a little bit about it, I think they want to know more and more. And so that, that um, stokes their curiosity. And so then they start sampling all these other things. And they, you know, maybe they go down the road of IPAs, or maybe they do like Belgian sours. Um, but certainly in this town, there's something for everybody across that spectrum. So if someone wants to come and see New Belgium in action, what, is it, what does that look like? How, what happens when they get here? If a tourist wants to show up and right. see where their favorite beer is made, what is that? Well, if you, uh, if you make it all the way to Colorado, you should really make the effort to get to Fort Collins because it's an amazing place anyway. Um, and actually, our, our brewery has uh, been a couple times now won awards as one of the best brewery tours in the country, USA Today and I think TripAdvisor both. Um, and that's got everything to do with the quality of the people that give the tours. Um, just super engaged, educated employee owners, you know, and so they get the story and they have wonderful anecdotes and um, they can take you deep on the beer and they can customize the experience. So when you show up, you do have to book it in advance usually because they're, they're fairly booked out, which is crazy, um, by like months sometimes, um, but also awesome. Uh, and then so when you walk in through the front, you've got this beautiful sort of beer garden uh, and a big grassy lawn on which you can loll about and throw frisbees and such, and there's hula hoops and that kind of thing. Um, breweries are interesting because they're a little more kid-friendly than maybe, say, bars, so there's a lot of families and dogs running around. And um, there's always a food truck on site, so we rotate that every single day, so you have different kinds of foods you can hit. You can come inside and you can do tastings. If you want to do that, you can sign up for tours, you can do self-guided tours, you can spend an hour, you can spend five hours, you know. So um, we changed our licensing a while ago so that you could actually purchase pints as well. So you can, you know, sit and have a few beers with your friends. We have a little dinner. We're actually about, I don't know, 100 feet from the bike trail. Um, so you can actually circumnavigate the entire city from here. So, I mean, if you came to visit where you guys are staying in Old Town, is like we're super close and you can get anywhere on a bike here. So it's, it's, as far as a travel experience, I think it's one of the best things you do is come to the Front Range, come to Fort Collins, hop on a bike and go explore. Awesome, perfect. Well, there you have it. A great brewery situated in an amazing part of the country, built on a business model and belief that people make a brand. I look forward to bringing you more special editions of The Daily Outdoor in the future. Thanks for listening. For more tips, tricks, gear reviews, recipes, and more, please visit us at 50campfires.com. Don't forget, please subscribe and rate the 50 Campfires Daily Outdoor Podcast wherever great podcasts are found. We'll see you next time.